Hello, everyone. In this podcast, we will be discussing sensitive topics such as sexual assault. It's important to take care of yourself while listening. Some suggestions are listening while you're in a healthy headspace or knowing who you can reach out to if you become upset. Our 24-7 helpline for crisis calls based out of Central Florida is 407-500-HEAL. By contacting the national hotline at 1-800-656-4673, you can get support and learn about your local resources. There's always someone ready to help. the Victim Service Center podcast. Here we sit down with professionals that serve survivors and victims of trauma or those who've experienced violence and have conversations about social issues. This week, we are talking about boundaries during the holidays. With me today is Kevin Fox. So Kevin uses he, him pronouns and is a victim advocate in an adjunct position with the VSC and Zebra Coalition serving survivors in the LGBTQ plus community. Kevin worked as a high school teacher while receiving his Master of Arts in Clinical Mental Health Counseling from Rollins College. His passion when working with clients is to help them increase their resilience and satisfaction with their everyday lives. He seeks to help clients increase their meaning from life and live more authentically and honestly. So Kevin, thank you for joining once again onto the podcast. Yes, no problem. I'm always happy to do it. And I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. And it's a little different than normal. Usually I am the host, really. And there's two different people. But today I'm actually kind of going to be a little more involved, I think, in the conversation. So I'm going to introduce myself a little more fully because I never (laughs) did that before. So my name is Emily Mitchell. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm the education coordinator at the Victim Service Center where I lead interactive discussions on violence prevention topics and run the weekly VSC podcast. I earned my bachelor's of science in psychology at the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. I found my passion for advocating social justice and ending gendered violence as a trained paraprofessional co-facilitating discussions with first-year college students about sexual assault on campus and how to support survivors at U of I. I'm also very enthusiastic about education and most recently lived in Japan, teaching English to elementary and middle school children. So as a very brief introduction, that was really funny introducing myself, but um, the holidays are coming up, which can be both really exciting and as everyone I think on the call um, who's listening in as well, also stressful. They can, they can relate to that. One of the things that can make this time of year difficult is feeling pressure and possibly coercion from friends, coworkers, and even family members. And I know for some survivors, they may even be going to family gatherings that their abusers will be attending. So today we will be talking about setting boundaries during the holidays the pressures people can put on their loved ones without even knowing it and ways we can support loved ones and ourselves in practicing self-care. So with that, um, I'd like to start off with one of my favorite topics ever, which is boundaries. So how would you, Kevin, define a boundary? What is a boundary? Yeah, a, a boundary, I guess, especially in terms of mental health, is any kind of like line in the sand you have between yourself and someone or something or a group of people, but it's not to prevent others from doing it. It's more to protect yourself. Like this is my boundary because we obviously can't put boundaries on other people. So we can't tell people what to do, but we can monitor and control ourselves. And um, that in essence is what a boundary is like, what am I doing to make sure that I'm okay? How am I communicating that to those around me? 
I really love that you brought that up because I think that there can be, and we're going to talk a little bit about misconceptions where, yeah, it's not a control thing. And it also means that you want to continue the relationship with this person most likely, right? Where, you know, you could set up a boundary, for example, hey, um, don't call me after 10 p.m. I'm sleeping, right? That's like a very uh, like normal or common boundary, I should say. Um, and essentially you can set that up yourself, even having your phone on do not disturb and other stuff like that. But I appreciate that you made it kind of like this line in the sand, but kind of around yourself, not around other people kind of being like, this is what I'm okay with. This is what I'm not okay with. Um, and boundaries can change, right? Yes. Over time, for sure. That can yeah. Have- as the relationship changes and evolves. Totally. And they're different for different relationships too. So, so boundaries can be kind of, um, a lot of different things. So what are some other types of boundaries and some examples like emotional, physical, sexual, technological, stuff like that? I guess. Yeah. As far as like examples of boundary could be, um, you know, like, an emotional or like a stress prevention boundaries might be like around certain family members. I'm not going to talk about politics. Mm. Um, and that's one of those uh, kind of like, as we just said, that can like, we can only control ourselves in those situations. We might say my boundary is not to talk about politics. That doesn't mean other people won't, but if that happens, we could attempt to change the subject or ultimately we might, we might be, the ones who need to remove ourselves from the situation, go into the next room, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be like a stress prevention boundary. Technological boundaries, I think, are important. Um, you know, I don't answer work emails after 6 p.m. That's for me. Um, my workday ends after so many hours, and I'm not obliged to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then physical, you know, physical boundaries could be easy in terms of actual space between us and someone else. Um, but it could be like, Oh, I don't give handshakes or I don't, I'm not comfortable with hugging right now. Again, Mm -hmm. we're not telling other people what to do. We're telling them how to interact with us. Yes. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's one of those ones that's more about like that those are the ones that are more important, I think, to implement. Because ones where we can just walk away from the situation are easy because we're in charge of ourselves. Mm-hmm. But making sure to like, you know, oh, before you go in for the hug, like, I'm not cool with that right now. Right. And that, that one, those are there. I guess there are some that do rely on other people to listen and respect it. Um, and so physical, I think, would be one of those. Yeah. And, and we'll talk a little bit, too, about, you know, if someone does cross a boundary, um, different things that we can do. because at the end of the day, of course, we can't control others, but boundaries can be a a great way of practicing self-care. And I also love that you brought up the uh, boundaries with coworkers and things like that, as far as boundaries at work and making, that's a very simple one too. And it's hard to maintain a lot because there's different pressures that we're feeling. Also with emotional boundaries, I like to bring up to maybe you have a friend who you vent to a lot because you're really close, but they don't always have the emotional capacity, right? Maybe they also had a really tough day. So that can be one too. And maybe someone's venting to you and you can at any point say, Hey, you know, I had kind of a stressful day. Uh, can we talk about this maybe a little later? Um, you know, that's also an emotional boundary you can put. So there's so, so many, there's so many different ones. And I like that you said, it's really at the end of the day, kind of, this is how to interact with me to keep myself feeling safe. This is how to love me. This is how to respect me. This is how to keep me comfortable. Um, So with that, like I mentioned earlier, there's different pressures, right? for example, pressures from work, I think from society, even with, you know, you need to keep working until I don't know, um, forever. (laughs) Yeah. Like always being available. Yes. Um, you have your cell phone, so you can be texted at any point and all those different things. Um, but I feel like we may also put pressures on people without us even knowing it. So what are some of those 
kind of maybe coercive behaviors or pressures people may exhibit without even realizing? Um, I don't remember how the saying goes, but it's like, um, you know, uh, like poor planning on your end doesn't make an emergency on my end kind of thing. Like your emergency is not my emergency. So like, you know, yeah, like your boss calling you at 8 p.m. at night, like, oh, I know the workday is over, but like, we really need to do this and, and you have to do it now. And people mm-hmm. can gauge if that crosses their boundaries. Maybe it's like, you know, this will take five minutes, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that can be okay. But um, other times it's not, you know, especially depending on the demand being asked. So people do that on accident a lot. Like, I know you're really busy, but I just really need this thing and and you're the only one who can help and you're the best you're the best friend I have so you have to make time to listen to me and again there are moments when we might have the ability to do that and provide what someone's asking because we all have emergencies but at the same Mm -hmm. time if it is a boundary for us to be like like I'm really sorry but maybe tomorrow or maybe in a few hours after I like get home and rest and you know it's been a long day at work whatever it is um so those are definitely an uh some of those times when we can push someone's boundaries without realizing it um, in that kind of emergency scenario. I'm really glad that you also brought up that, yeah, that sense of urgency and emergency where, you know, that isn't actually, um, again, it's not because of that doesn't justify the fact to overstep boundaries. And I like that you also brought up the relationship aspect that they can kind of be used as coercion in a way. Right. So the best friend thing, like you always have this, I think that there's this idea out there where it's like, Oh, your best friend is always there for you. Um, where that would be kind of impossible (laughs) to do. Right. (laughs) In a way. Um, how do you feel about that statement? (laughs) We can be there for people in different ways. There you go. Yeah. Uh, you know, like people always used to, to you know, oh, who's that Who's that best friend that when you need them, they'll pick up the phone at 3 a.m. Like, mm-hmm. no one. That's when you need to call a crisis line. <laughs> if you have to call someone at 3 a.m., you need to call a crisis line. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so important. Because... Or like an Uber, you know, like, oh, I'm out. Right. I, I, I Ubered here. I don't want to Uber home. Like, you can't there are certain things that are just like um, a little too much to expect, you know, again, some people might have the ability to provide that and that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's unhealthy when it's like, well, you didn't do this for me when I asked. So now I'm mad at you or now I'm treating you differently. Like, but was your ask reasonable? Was it pushing a boundary? Was it, you know, not the time or place to, to make that ask of a person? Um, you know, I can't be at work and someone's like, oh, you have to come hang out. And I'm like, no, I'm working. And if they're Mm -hmm. upset by that, then that's poor boundaries on their end and not the person's that like, you know, could even border on like, is that manipulative? Who knows? Yeah. And because this can happen with intimate partner violence too, right? Where, you know, I expect, um, this amount of sex because we're dating, right? So that should just be how it is, like justifying different manipulative tactics and coercion with a relationship when that's not really how consent works and you don't owe anyone anything, right? (laughs) In that sense where just because um, you're best friends with this person and they call you at 3 a.m. like every night because of whatever um, doesn't mean that you have to do that, (laughs) right? For sure. It's, um, you know, it requires a bit of insight on our end to be like, is what I'm asking fair of the other person? Yeah. And I think that when it comes to the holidays, though, there could be maybe even more pressures in terms of, you know, come to this party. Why aren't you coming to this party? Even pressures to drink or do other things that, you know, oh, why aren't you drinking? Why don't you want to drink? Can I get one for you? Are you sure? Kind of just like this badgering on and on when we don't really know why there could be a reason why someone is for this evening not participating in that. Um, What are some other kind of pressures or um, 
other things happening during the holidays that you run into with your clients or in general? Um, yeah, I think, you know, framing it in that context of holidays when people, um, you know, give so-and-so a hug or like make sure that you spend some time talking to this person and, and, and I know it's, it's come up in other podcasts and stuff, but if someone is a survivor is the person that someone's trying to force them to talk to uh, their abuser and maybe they never disclosed to anyone or maybe they did and people just didn't believe them and they're ignoring it. And so they're not valuing how that person feels. So on the end of the person who's trying to push something like, Oh, you know, they might be very well-meaning and, and I'm sure they are. Um, but knowing too, that if someone says, if someone declines, then that should be the end of it. Um, mm-hmm. and it, they shouldn't be made to feel a certain type of way. And, um, but I, what I was hearing was, um, people shouldn't have to feel like they have to justify the boundary that they're setting. Right. So if someone comes up to them and says, Hey, why aren't you drinking tonight? And they say, I just don't want to drink. And then, Oh, but why, you know, they don't have to justify their actions. Right. Um, when it comes to that. Right. Oh yeah. Yes. Never, never explain, never complain. Something <laughs> I heard someone say once. <laughs> Yeah, I forget. I oh, that's from Downton Abbey. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, it's the Dowager. Never complain. Never explain. Yeah, like, like that. <laughs> we don't owe people explanations. Again, maybe some people in our lives will give it to them, but not everyone right. needs an explanation. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think that it can be really difficult, like during the holidays with all these different pressures that we we may not even realize we're putting on people um, and expectations and things like that. Do you feel specifically that people have difficulty setting boundaries with family members? And if so, why do you think that is? Yeah, I think there's um, family members might feel like they have a special level of access to us that friends and coworkers don't because it's family. Um, and some families are very like tight family oriented settings where there are expectations, um, to show up, to participate, to, um, Oh, or to provide part of your time to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, that is super common. Um, Again, if someone likes that, they're like, yes, I love my family time and it is a big deal and it is a big thing. And I, I show up and I'm happy to be there. Then again, that's great. Um, but if for whatever reason, someone's like, you know, oh, this is like, I've been dating this person for a year. And like, for the first time, I'm going to go spend the holidays with their family. Mm-hmm. Um, and next year we'll bounce back to you guys. And if they're being, you know, profusely guilted for that sort of thing. You know, we have to allow people their autonomy. We don't have to like it. Like, I think that's an important thing to know about a boundary too, is when you set it, we're not entitled to dictate how people react to it. Mm -hmm. So if I say no to someone, it could come with the risk of, um, you know, that person being upset with me for a few weeks or whatever the case, you know, I can set boundaries for my boss they might not respect it though. And they might fire me. <laughs> so like that is a, a, a hard catch 22 about boundaries is we have the right to set them, but just like, we don't have the right to put boundaries on people. We don't, we can't really dictate how that person responds to them. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like we still have to make the decision that's best for ourselves when we have that information. Yeah. Cause I think that after, at the end of the day, if we keep I'm not practicing self-care, there can be feelings of resentment that build up over time and it can become, you could become like really burnt out. And so I do have a question though. How do you work with clients to work through those feelings of, you know, setting a boundary? I set a boundary and, and they got upset and now I don't know what to do. Um, how do you work with a client who has those concerns? It definitely depends on the dynamic, the relationship dynamic with that person. If, 
I'm really close to my mom and I say like, Hey, I'm not coming to Christmas dinner this year because I'm doing something with friends um, Mm -hmm. that we've been planning. And she, her feelings are hurt by that. That's fine. Her feelings are allowed to be hurt Um, because I'm close enough to her. Maybe I'll have that conversation of like, you know, it's not a, it's, it's nothing you did. It's, this is just something I want to do. And I want to do something a bit different um, mm-hmm. with some of my friends and I can give her an explanation that I want um, because I might have that relationship her, with her where I'm okay to do that. And that's not a burden to me and it's going to aid the relationship over time. Um, so depending on the dynamic, you know, a best friend, like I can take the time to explain why, like, Hey, I know this sucks. I know you wish it was different. Here's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, and it doesn't mean I have any less love for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can give people that again, we don't, we don't have to with every relationship. It could just be like, yeah, this is the way it is. Um, and I'm sorry you're unhappy about it, but this is what I'm doing. So yeah. Cause I've, I think I've found that as people talk about boundaries nowadays, it sounds so harsh. Um, and the thing about boundaries is we get to choose it. So if we think our boundary is too harsh, we can have a conversation with those people about why the boundary is important to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Instead that's of just really like, no, point. and I'm not telling you anything. No, like, <laughs> you could do that. Sure. But like, sure. you know, <laughs> again, that's like, uh, yeah, you have to know the impact of what you're saying and doing. Yeah, I, I think that it does depend on the relationship that you have with this person. And I appreciate that, of course, at the end of the day, you decide what is best for you and you know what that is. Um, and also, you don't have to justify and you don't have to explain. And also, sometimes explaining may benefit the relationship, like you mentioned, Kevin. Um, I also like that you brought up that there can be certain boundaries that maybe really do deserve that kind of harsher no, right? And then some that can be kind of a softer, maybe delivery of a boundary. And we'll talk a little bit about like how to exactly set one. Um, and, and we did kind of highlight how difficult it can be setting boundaries of family members. I think that, I think that as a society, we realize that we don't have a right to we have a right to set boundaries with family members and it's actually really unhealthy if a family doesn't have boundaries. Like for example, there can be um, situations where, you know, oh, we have, uh, I've heard like as punishment or something like that, people take like the doors off of people's rooms, you know. Yeah, I've heard that. I'm like, what in the hell? (laughs) (laughs) I know it's it's not okay, right? Because- Everyone deserves like within a family unit, there's individuality, right? And everyone needs to feel safe and and comfortable, especially in their own home. And so I'd like to break down that myth that, you know, boundaries, you know, this idea that there are no boundaries in a family, like, oh, we're really close knit and all this stuff. And really it's, oh, to me, you know, a healthy family has boundaries, um, you should have boundaries with everyone. Um, And with that, do you think that these pressures get even more tough during the holidays? Um, I, I definitely think so. I see you nodding. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's just a societal holidays of when family comes together, you have to, Mm -hmm. Um, there's not a lot of flexibility even though, you know, so many families are like, oh, we couldn't get together on actual Christmas. So we're going to celebrate on the 29th. Like that is just as fine. Mm-hmm. It could be if you, you know, if, if, if that person loosened up, but uh, <laughs> you know, right. like, we're, we're all still getting together. It just might not be on Christmas, but that can be okay. Right. Uh, so there's just, yeah, societal pressure that like, oh, on this day, this is what we are supposed to do. Yes, these expectations that we put on ourselves and each other. I think that's really at the end of the day what really can stress people out um, during this season. Um, and, you know, going off of that, why do you think people feel guilty practicing self care and setting boundaries in general, but also particularly during this time? Um, I think for some people, it goes back to the societal pressure. We're just expected to suffer through it. 
for the sake of making our mom happy or our aunt happy or grandma might not, you know, live very much longer. So we have to show up for her and just suffer through it. Um, mm-hmm. There's excuses that we'll make to compromise our boundaries because it's, uh, I don't know, you know, I, maybe there's truth to some people just loosen their boundaries around this time of year. Mm. Like it's the one time of year they will acquiesce to the family's wishes and they have made their peace with that perhaps. Um, like, oh, I don't hang out with them, but I'll see them on Christmas because it's important. You know, for some people that is the boundary, they can bear it for that day. Um, and stick to it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think like, you know, in context of what we do here at BSC, it's trickier when there's trauma or sexual assault survivorship um, where someone might encounter someone who was an abuser or was, didn't believe them or, um, you know, judges them for how they express themselves. So I think that's a more important rigid boundary to set. Like if you if your goal and every comment you make to me is to invalidate me and to question my existence, that might be when, even though there might be 10 people in the room that I love, if these two are going to be stressful, I'll just, you know, this is me. I would just say that. I'd be like, I'm not coming because I don't like these two people. (laughs) They make me feel bad about myself. And so y'all can come hang out with me or you can uninvite them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And that's about, there you go. Yeah. And like, that's your, um, your action too, because you're not forcing them. Like you're not allowed to have this party. Like that's different. You're saying like, I'm either going to not go or if they're you know, or you cannot invite them and then I will go. Like there's a difference, I feel like. Um, and something that while you were talking, I this was a word I didn't bring up in when I was planning this, but this concept of like martyrdom during this time of year, like this idea of like, oh, you should become extremely selfless during this time of year. Um, and then I was also thinking through the work that you do for the LGBTQ plus community, I was thinking a lot of times, right. People of this community are very nervous to go see their family members because maybe during COVID, for example, they transitioned and now they are presenting, um, as their authentic self. And now they're very nervous to go see their family who, maybe they're asking them like, Hey, for grandma's sake, can you, you know, right. And so what, what do you say to survivors or, or clients, I should say that may, have you worked with clients who have to go through this particular experience? Yeah. Um, I have, and it's always tough. And that's where, like, I mean, I've seen it where maybe, uh, in this kind of example, like a trans individual might be okay not saying anything because maybe their family has certain beliefs uh, that are anti-trans. And so they're like, you know what? To avoid the fight, I will happily closet myself for these mm-hmm. six hours because they, it, it would be too stressful to have the conversation and be questioned and have people prodding into their business. Um, Conversely, can be like, oh, you can't talk about it. And they're like, no, I'm quite comfortable myself. And it will come up. And, you know, you're going to have to, yeah. And you're going to have to be okay with that. Or I'm not going to go. If I can't be myself, then I'm just not going to go. And both of those options are good. I think sometimes in society, it's like, no, like, don't be afraid to make people uncomfortable. And I stand by that. I'm, I'm okay with that. But if people are just in a place where they're not ready for that level of um, disclosure about themselves and they're not ready for the stress and the tension that that might create, then they don't have to do that. And it's not up to us to also tell them they have to do that. Yeah. You just brought up this really important point where there's kind of like pressures from both sides almost, right? There's pressures from the family unit to as you pointed out, like perhaps in this context, closeting yourself, but then there's pressures from maybe uh, like their community of, you know, um, being your authentic self 
at this at the expense perhaps of your of being vulnerable right and and maybe not being ready for that so i think that that's that's an interesting like dual concept where um you know going back to the beginning of this conversation you may be putting pressures on people where you won't even realize it of um of course like encouragement is one thing but it sounds like what's really important is to maybe do like some role playing scenarios is that what you do with your clients as far as like you know, let's, let's plan it out. So you're not sure if you want to go to this family gathering. And if you do want to go, you're not sure if you want to present as your authentic self or, or closet yourself for this, uh, you know, for this example. So do you like walk through that and be like, okay, what do you think? What would happen? How would you feel? How do you have that conversation? Yeah. You, uh, step-by-step rehearsal can be really helpful. Um, especially if they have, encountered this level of stress with certain people over and over again, and they kind of know, then maybe we can like recreate in a small way that situation in a counseling session and be like, you know, okay, I'm so-and-so, this is what I just said to you. What is your initial gut reaction? And what is it that you want to communicate to them? Mm-hmm. Because um, reacting and anger defensiveness employs the other person to do the same. That's just the way that like, that's the way arguments happen. (laughs) That's like how it happens. But if we can say like, Hey, that was disrespectful. Um, I don't owe you an explanation, but if you want to be respectful to me as your cousin or nephew or whatever, then this is the right name to use with me. Right. You know, and I can forgive it if it's a genuine mistake, but it seems like you're trying to get a reaction out of me. So I'd Mm -hmm. appreciate if you stopped. Um, Mm -hmm. And we can kind of like find the right words to use. And then, and then even like the person keeps pressing the issue. So like, what's the next level? What's like the, like, Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, I'm going to reiterate this again and then I'm going to walk away or I'm going to leave. And now everyone's going to be mad because you were being mean to me. And I left, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get aunt Susan, who's going to come over here and yell at you, whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) Use the support people around you to, to, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Have your ambassadors with you. Maybe, maybe there's the cousins that you are really looking forward to seeing and you, you, they are there for you. Um, and you know, have your support system on hand, maybe kind of like a, a self-care kind of, um, safety plan almost of like, okay, if this happens, I'll try to go find my cousin or I'll call this friend. Um, I'll call this crisis line. I'll remove myself from the situation. Um, and we've been talking a lot about like pressures and, and ways to have those conversations with like your counselor and therapist, but what are some signs that someone realizes, Oh, maybe I need to set a boundary. When should we do it? I think most people feel that gut feeling. Um, they have that minute to themselves where it's like, oh, that was a weird question or like that was invasive or um, I didn't like that like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're like in touch enough with ourselves to be able to identify our emotions, to be like, oh, that was like, made me feel, yeah, uncomfortable. It made me feel upset or it made me want to be defensive, mm-hmm. you know, and why is that? then that might be the sign for a boundary. Um, Some boundaries like in the moment like that, like, you know, big family holiday party, we might not communicate in that moment. Instead, we might just walk away like, oh, I don't like what they're talking about. Like, that was weird. I'm going to go. Versus like, oh, can we change the subject? You know, it seems Mm -hmm. like like we're not going to get along talking about this. So let's just change the subject, Mm -hmm. Um, which can be you know, just as well for those moments, where, especially when you're already in it. Um, <laughs> just like, oh, let's, I don't want to, I don't want to continue to engage here. Right. But I think we've, I think most people feel that gut reaction that just like, kind of like, I guess when you're talking about like the core, the basic emotions, it would be like disgust or anger, right? Like, oh, I don't know. That's not yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Like an icky feel or something. Yeah. Um, and do you, I think that trusting your gut is super integral and empowering and to trust yourself. Do you find that perhaps sometimes survivors of trauma, for example, 
do they have a hard time kind of communicating with their gut sometimes depending, you know, everyone's different, of course, but I'm wondering like, um, do you find that survivors of trauma may, maybe one of the common reactions is kind of not trusting yourself? Yes. Or especially if there has been repeated trauma that they deserve it to some degree, like they just, this is the way my life is. I just have to be uncomfortable for the sake of everyone else's happiness. They're not used to maybe prioritizing themselves and vocalizing those boundaries right. quite yet. Right. Um, it very much in a lot of places can be a trust or even I think more often than that, like a self-esteem self-worth thing um where they feel like they don't have the rights to stand up for themselves or for this person or you know to say like i disagree i think that's inappropriate or that's not an okay joke to say um it it, you know trauma very much impacts self-esteem and that takes a long time um i think hand in hand in that though would be like you said trust um yeah trusting their reactions if they again have been exposed to repeated trauma and their fight and flight defense is all over the place and they are not sure what's a joke and what's serious and what is you know light banter in a conversation versus like someone making fun of them you know there's a lot of like uneasiness and so for anyone who is more recently traumatized and going into these stressful situations, like taking as much time as you can to be mindful of yourself, to do those routine check-ins every 30 minutes. Like, how am I doing? What am I feeling? What do I need? And just Mm -hmm. asking those three questions over and over so that you're in tune with yourself. Cause that's a lot of the battle and that recovery and gaining that mindfulness is just being used to asking ourselves like, what do I need? How can I put words to it so that it's actionable? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the word mindfulness because kind of like bringing it back to the present, maybe doing like a body scan. Um, and then just at the end of the day, knowing that everyone has a right to practice self-care, setting boundaries is practicing self-care and you have absolutely every right to feel safe. Um, and at the expense of, you know, maybe certain relationships. And, and again, I think that that's something you have to weigh with yourself, um, if in order for you to feel safe and, um, live as your authentic self, whatever that may be, um, your relationship with so-and-so may be a little different now. Um, you can't control their reaction and you're also not responsible for the reaction either. Someone gets angry at you for not wanting to take a holiday drink or whatever from them that's their problem. Um, yeah, you have to take care of yourself and, and make sure that, um, you know, having these like role play conversations, I think are super helpful so that you can be ready to kind of cope with whatever maybe kind of thrown back at you when you do set these boundaries. Um, so how do we actually do it? So you kind of made a great example of, of a couple of boundaries already on this episode, but what are kind of like the step-by-step processes as far as actually setting a boundary? Yeah. I think for some situations, knowing if it's an internal or an external change that needs to happen, Mm -hmm. is it internal where I'm gauging my emotions and my reactions? Um, And it's something that I'm just going to make a change on like, oh, people are talking about politics and we disagree. So I'm going to walk away. I'm not expressing it to anyone. I'm just Mm -hmm. internally keeping that gauge on Mm -hmm. making those adjustments. And I'm not, and it's not at that level where maybe I need to express it or like, maybe I have, Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, well, we're, we really want to talk about this, this group of us. So that's when I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. Cause I can't expect people to stop what they're doing for me. Um, where it's more important to be expressed, I think is maybe those physical ones were like, no, thanks. I don't want to hug. And that does to a degree rely on the other person respecting and complying with that boundary. 
So those are the ones that are definitely more vocal. Um, even some of the emotional ones like, or, or stress related ones, we're always entitled and allowed to ask for what we need. We just can't expect that people might want to follow it. Like if we're talking to a few people and they're bringing up politics or making certain jokes that we feel are inappropriate, we can express like, Hey, I don't like that. Um, can we change the subject or like, can we not say that? And they might be like, Oh, you're, you know, it's just a joke. You're being sensitive. And so mm. then maybe, I, then maybe I walk away because they didn't, they weren't on board with what I was saying. Right. Um, so that's when I'll be like, okay, so again, me only being able to be in control of myself, I'll walk away mm-hmm. um, and go hang out with someone else in the house. Mm-hmm. So I think the, yeah, it starts with asking like, is this something that needs to be said or is this something that I can make adjustments on, on my own? Um, mm-hmm. I think with family, especially that aren't used to those boundaries, it will take some repeating yeah, um, and reminding because they're used to things being a certain way and now we are changing it. Mm-hmm. And so naturally there's a learning curve. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad that you brought that up because that was something I was going to say where when you set boundaries, first off, we're not really taught how to do them, especially at an early age. We're kind of taught that we don't have any boundaries. And so it takes time to learn how to set them and practice and it can be kind of you may feel guilty when you do it you may feel frustrated when you do it for the few first few times and just know that that's different societal pressures different lots of different pressures that are happening and that you still have a right to set them and at the same time especially if you're doing this for the first time with certain people too they may be kind of reacting a certain way, like, oh, I'm not used to this. This is a new thing from this person. And with that, these could be multiple conversations and that learning curve, like you mentioned, could be part of it. Um, And I think, again, it does take some time, but uh, some general tips would be, for me at least, try to remain as calm as possible. I, I noticed every time you were kind of giving examples, you were remaining really calm. And I think that that can really help diffuse certain reactions and um, trying to do it as respectfully as possible too. Um, And maybe in as few words as possible. Again, if it's a really strict boundary of like physical boundaries, I think that um, at the end of the day, you know, expressing however you need to, to keep safe is, is your call, um, and trusting that. And so if this calls for like an exclamation or a little more force behind it, of course. Right. Um, but these are just some general tips and then doing it in as few words as possible and not feeling the need to justify it, not feeling the need to apologize for it too. Um, definitely. I think that those are just some different ways that you can start practicing setting boundaries. Um, And we did talk about some specific types of boundaries that you help survivors create during the holiday season, right? So, you know, whether or not they talk to this person, if they see this person who may be their abuser, um, what they can do, um, you know, I'm gonna leave at this certain time of the party, or um, if they show up, I will leave, things like that. And I've also heard this term before too, kind of didn't mean to jump ahead here, but I've also heard um, this too, where people say that someone who has experienced trauma may have porous boundaries. So what exactly do we mean by porous boundaries? Um, Porous, so like, I guess by regular definition is like, you know, a sponge is porous. It has a lot of holes to absorb and let have the water pass through and sit in it. So porous, I think here refers to their boundaries might not be as solid. 
because of what they experience. They might have self-doubt or trust or self-esteem or depression or anxiety or PTSD, any of those common trauma reactions, short and long-term, that makes it harder for them to feel like they can keep and set these boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, They might be, again, people might slip through those boundaries more easily. People's actions or behaviors could get through even if we didn't want them to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that um, that's why it's super important that we're having this conversation. And I know that we do have a support group that runs around this time that you lead or have led in the past, Kevin, about setting boundaries during the holidays. It's called surviving the holidays. And you go over things like the, the personal bill of rights kind of empowering people to kind of get ready for this maybe somewhat stressful and emotional time for a lot of people, particularly survivors of trauma. And we do know that, you know, eight out of 10 times the perpetrator is someone of sexual violence is someone that the survivor knows. And of course that includes or can include friends, family members, and things like that. And so that's exactly why this kind of surviving the holidays support group kind of started. And I also know that you did a whole training on it too, for other helping professionals on how to, you know, have these conversations with their clients and support them through it. Um, I wanted to ask too, so we're talking a lot about like setting, you know, these different boundaries. Is there such a thing as an unhealthy boundary? And what could that look like? What is your opinion on that? Oh yeah. I think unhealthy boundaries are when we try to use a boundary to manipulate someone to doing what we want. Like, well, I can't do this. So you have to do this for me. I don't think that's what you were expecting me to say. I think an unhealthy boundary, (laughs) I think there's a lot of ways to define it, but this is almost what I was thinking earlier Mm -hmm. when I was thinking in terms of social media, because Mm -hmm. social media can be a powerful tool, but I see a lot of posts that people make that are maybe meant to be a joke or even sometimes sincere that are very one-sided or misdirected, like um, Mm -hmm. about, you know, dating people or like the second someone you're dating says this, like dump them. And sometimes it's not unreasonable things. Like maybe it's, um, you know, uh, my family traveled all the way from across the country to spend Christmas day with us. And maybe this person's partner is like, yeah, well, I don't feel like I want to go to the bar that's open on Christmas with my friends. And it's like, yes. Um, you know, and they're like, and you're my partner. So you should come with me too and not worry about your family. And they're trying to push a boundary onto someone. Um, And that is, of course, like super unhealthy kind of manipulative behavior Mm -hmm. um, where that person's not autonomy isn't being valued and they're being told what to do and what boundary that they should make. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I also I don't know, I was I I was thinking like before this with like holidays Mm -hmm. and family, especially in terms of people being couples like things get hard and one person wants to do this and one person wants to do that. And so splitting up for part of the day and reconnecting later is I think a healthy option for a lot of people. You know, my family's in town and your family is they're both doing breakfast. So like, we're just going to split up. It's easier. That's fine. Um, I think sometimes, so like boundaries are important, but also in some relationships, compromise and understanding still is important. Like a boundary does not always need to be so rigid that it then damages a relationship that ultimately we cherish. And I think that's especially true for couples because boundaries are so talked about on social media and like, ah, if they do that, get rid of them. This is a red flag. And it's like, that's not really a red flag. That's a reasonable ask. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you're my partner. I know if hanging out with my family is a bit boring for you sometimes, but like, this is what we said we were going to do. And, and so it's your time to just make this compromise. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think we forget that that happens sometimes in relationships because 
the talk that I see a lot online is very like independent focused it and, is. That's good. and that is yeah. very important. And it does have its place because people need to be equally respected in a relationship. And sometimes that equal respect is like, yeah, you know, we saw my family for Thanksgiving. Um, and the deal was that like, we're going to hang out with your family on Christmas now. And I can't change the game. Cause that's me being unfair now. Yeah. So, like and- I think about mm-hmm. that a lot lately because yeah, the talk sometimes is so toxically uncompromising. Mm-hmm. And a relationship is three people. It's you, it's the other person, it's the relationship itself. Yes. And if you're only nurturing the individuals, the relationship's going to suffer. So you have to give your time equally between those three entities. Yeah. And I like that you mentioned that the relationship that we cherish too. So of course it's everyone's individual in this where, you know, if that's a deal breaker for you, then that's a deal breaker. However, if I think at the end of the day, you have to kind of know what your goals are in this interaction is your goal to, you know, damage the relationship, but go to your family for Christmas or whatever, or is your goal to make a compromise with this person, um, and, and cherish the relationship that is equal though. There shouldn't be one person that is, you know, Maybe, for example, you're really into Christmas, like you and your family, that's the main holiday. But the other person's family's main holiday is maybe 4th of July, but they also want Christmas too. Then that conversation isn't like really happening. There's that communication issue, right? Um, So it all depends and your compromise should be individual to the relationship that you're in. And at the end of the day, of course, there should be equal balance in that too. I'm glad that you brought all that up because, um, yeah, I think it really, I wrote down like, you're the expert of you. You're the expert of what you want and what your goals are. And if anyone is ever kind of pressuring you to like, oh, leave this person because blah, blah, um, or anyone's pressuring you to, you know, oh, you should absolutely not go or things like that. At the end of the day, I think why therapists and counselors are so amazing is because they help empower that person to figure out what it is that they actually want to do and then have that person make that choice for them. Because again, things like trauma, it's all about power and control, right? And so taking away their power and pressuring them into doing things, even if we think that it's for their their betterment, is wrong because they're the experts of their life. They, you never have to wake up in their shoes. They know what boundaries that they want to set. I think our, you know, and we'll talk a little bit like how we can like support others soon um, at the end of this. But I think part of that could essentially just letting them know like, Hey, just so you know, this is one of your options. And this may happen with that, you know, you setting this boundary may happen may cause this to happen and it may cause this to happen, but it's an option, right? You don't have to do anything that you're uncomfortable with doing. Um, so with that, we talked a little bit about like, you know, people are talking more and more about boundaries. Um, do you think on the whole though, um, you know, are we moving in the right direction? Are we talking about boundaries in the right way? Are we kind of going uh, backward? What do you think? I definitely think, yeah, we're being better about how we talk about boundaries and just the fact that it is being discussed so openly is the step that wasn't happening a decade ago. Um, So just knowing that they're a thing and they're important and that we need to give that respect to people as individuals to have their autonomy Mm -hmm. is a huge leap forward and like are there some hiccups along the way like of course but you have to have those hiccups to like get to where you want to go totally. you know it's, it's not going to happen overnight mm-hmm. definitely and you know speaking on that too and, and I agree I think that it's amazing that people even know what this word the, these words are and actually I think we kind of missed some information about like misconceptions about boundaries um like there's this misconception that boundaries are a bad thing. Um, and actually they're, they're healthy and they're in every kind of relationship. 
Um, so the fact that we're talking about them more and kind of bringing up teaching them and, and I've seen a lot of things of uplifting, like for example, children kind of saying like, I don't want to hug. That's great. I love that because it wasn't too long ago and, and it's still happening today where you go to a family gathering and they're like, oh, go hug aunt so-and-so and, and they're uncomfortable and they're forced to do it, which is basically teaching, you know, children, um, you know, like your, your comfort isn't, as a, isn't as important as these obligations to family. Yeah. Yes. So I think that absolutely, we're definitely moving in the right direction there and um, starting to kind of teach each other how to set boundaries. And, and that's definitely a way that we can teach children how to set boundaries as parents, guardians, and, and others that, that are around children, kind of setting your own boundaries with them, asking for consent with them. Um, and showing that with your intimate partner or your friends or your family, asking for consent to, um, just kind of practicing that self-care is, is a great way. Um, but how can we support loved ones and ourselves in setting these boundaries, kind of overcoming the barriers that are of guilt of, um, you know, this pressure to martyr ourselves, especially during this time, how can we support loved ones and ourselves? I think when it comes to loved ones, if we see, if someone has disclosed to us something that they've gone through, whether it's a trauma or just the place that they're in mentally, emotionally, physically in that moment that they are overwhelmed or that they're looking for a safe person over the holidays to be in touch with or to um, validate you know if they have to set a boundary and people are questioning it maybe this person can have their back be like no you know let's just respect what they're asking and and be on their side about it so i think supporting someone is like noticing you know is this per does this person look uncomfortable in that conversation can i intervene um can i walk in and kind of see what's going on and pull them aside somehow and see how they're doing yeah like so an active can, bystander basically yeah yeah um, to do that for them, especially if they've told us like, oh, if you see me caught alone with like, so-and-so can you jump in? Yeah. Um, and maybe that person that, you know, family member, friend, whoever can do that for us. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for supporting ourselves, I think again, especially like in terms of being in the moment of these holiday situations and family situations and all this busyness that is the next few weeks. Mm -hmm. constantly mindfully doing those check-ins with ourselves like all the time like what do I need do I want to go to this party you know how it, when I if I'm fine to go do I only want to stay for like an hour and a half and then I'm gonna go um yeah. my family wants me to stay the night there for a few days but am I cool with that you know is that gonna cause me stress um, whereas I could just drive home and then head back the next day. So asking ourselves these questions and having these conversations with ourselves, so that we know what we need. Yeah. And really like going through that dialogue in your head, like not just like, oh, I think it'll be fine. Like really asking yourself, like, do I want this? Is this, is this a good idea for me right now? I love that. I love that. And, you know, a long, long time ago, um, you know, I think that there can be some people who are listening who are amazing advocates for their friends, right? They, they know like, yeah, you, you don't need to do that if you don't want to and all this stuff. But then when it comes to themselves, they may not be as great as an advocate. They might be like harder on themselves or things like that. I can super relate to that. And I think a lot of people who are listening can probably relate to that too. So allowing yourself the space to advocate for yourself, just as you would advocate for your loved ones and your friends, you have a right to feel safe. You have a right to set boundaries um, and you have a right to be your own advocate. <laughs> so please love yourself um, as you would love your, your loved ones and, and friends, uh, especially during the holiday season. Right. Um, but always. 
but before we sign off, is there anything else that you want to add? Um, anything that we may not have covered? Anything you want to say to the survivors out there? Um, yeah, just to make yourself your priority through this holiday season. Like, yes, yeah. there might be places where we make compromises for friends and family and, you know, to show up for people, but knowing what we need first um, so that when we can show up for people, we know how. Um, yeah. And again, just like constantly checking in, like, what do I need right now? Am I okay? Am I good? Am I comfortable? Um, or do I need to change? Do I need to add a boundary to mm-hmm. what, to the situation that I'm in? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Couldn't put it better at all. So thank you, Kevin, so, so much for having this very uh, important conversation and timely conversation. Um, And thank you to the listener for listening to the Victim Service Center podcast. The VSA is a nonprofit organization that provides free confidential counseling services for victims of any kind of trauma in Central Florida. To learn more about our services, please visit victimservicecenter.org. And to everyone listening, happy holidays. Healing is not linear. You are not alone. And thank you so, so much again, Kevin, for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me.